when I tell you about the day I had, Lord, let me see. Listen, let me mic up real quick. Because this has been a day. This has been a really weird day. So let me put my microphone on. Anyway, so first of all, let me tell you something. Whoever came up with or invented the situation called Vertigo, I hate it. I hate it. So, oh, excuse me. The more I'm progressing through this TBI, traumatic brain injury, I'm discovering there's a lot of symptoms or symptoms or issues that comes along with this that I wasn't aware of. Aware of. One of them happens to be vertigo, y'all. So, all right, so recently, in my own, and I must admit, my own selfish ill will strike against high gas prices. My car um, needed some routine maintenance done to it. So I refused to get it done to it. So I parked it. Yeah, I parked it. It has gas in it. It has had gas in it for a minute. I parked it. I haven't driven my car, driven, driven my car since I think my stepdad has died. And that's like a year. Um, but anyway, that's besides the point. I do crank it up so it doesn't, the engine doesn't lock up on me and stuff like that. So I call myself not worrying about getting nothing done to the car, nothing about getting the car fixed or anything like that. Because gas prices are high. Gas is too high. I drive a Lexus, y'all. A 99 Lexus RX 300. That vehicle drinks a lot of gas. A lot of gas. Like, if I know... I think the last time I went and got maintenance done to it, I got it out of the shop and I pumped gas and it hit the... By the time it hit 50, I was like, oh, no, we're not doing this. So long story short, my mom's car stopped working. So, of course, I'm walking, which is really good because I love to walk. And it's helping me bring down this this, this monstrosity of a stomach. Um, and so, um, and it's not like I'm fat or huge or humongous or whatever. But I would love to be back down to my 150 stage in life. <laughs> I really miss my 150s. Um, I'm going to try this coffee thing, um, the coffee and the lemon situation. I watch this on YouTube. Um, I have a, a cup of coffee and half a lemon and you drink it hot every day and it's supposed to eat, but it's supposed to help with your belly fat or whatever, but I'm going to start doing it. So long story short, so I started walking and so I hadn't really been doing intensified walking like I have been, you know, since my car accident. So of course I'll do the mile or whatever to take the dogs for their walk and I'll come back home or whatever. And um, that was it. And so the store is like two or three miles away from the house. That first day I went for my walk, it felt like when I left the house, it felt like my back was pulling all the way around to the front. I was like, dang, what is going on? And so I got further up the hill and I'm on my way going and I took the shortcut. Went to the store, came back home. I made it by my neighbor's house and had the worst vertigo attack of my life. When I say the worst vertical attack of my life, y'all got to come on in here so I can tell y'all about it. What's up, people? Welcome back to another episode of Synergy, the place we turn every outcome into positive energy. Listen, this is your guy, your host. This is VJ, and I want to say good morning, good evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. It is, in fact, hump day. It is 2.19 a.m. on the east coast of Florida. I am doing my official podcast on hump day. All right, so I've been waiting up all night to try to do this podcast. Um, 
And not to mention, I'm doing something really good this time in school. So I've got the um, got a little heads up on everything and like posting all my stuff, submitting my LOIs, and I'm just getting ahead of myself on a week. So I think this week is the week that I have to slow down because I have to wait on the professor to kind of get back with me and read over my LOI and tell me how to structure it and everything before I submit it. But anyway, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. If I haven't said that, give those babies a kiss for me. Um, if you're preparing for work, be safe. You guys, if you are at work, listen, keep those eyes open for just a little bit. If you're just getting to work, you can do it. You can do it. It's just something we're almost through. We're almost through this week. I know it's rough and I know it's, it's bad. I, it's been a bad week. So Monday, Monday was hectic, hectic. So, um, anyway, let me finish telling y'all. Um, also shout out to those who've been purchasing my, purchasing my journal or my books, um, I do appreciate all the love and support you guys are giving me. Listen, go follow me on Instagram. It's at VJ, V-I-J-A-Y-P-O-S-T-E-L-L. That's V-I-J-A-Y-P-O-S-T-E-L-L. Please make sure to engage all of my reels on my on my um, Instagram. Um, engage all my reels and take a look at uh, look at my profile. Click the link in my bio, order supplies or order things from my store, such as soaps, gels, anything you need, homemade apothecary stuff. All right. So I was on my way home from this walk, from the store or whatever, and I get to um, get from my, get across from my neighbor's house. And when I get from my neighbor's house, all of a sudden, my heart rate just drops. Now, of course, I'm walking and I'm, I'm, I'm briskly walking, walking, so that had my heart rate, it was like a 124. And so, of course, my heart rate is up at 124 and I'm just walking, walking, getting a little exercise in. I get in my in front of my neighbor's yard and my heart rate drops to 150, not 154, but it drops to 54 beats per minute. When I tell y'all, I almost passed out. So my heart rate just automatically dropped. And immediately I started feeling really sick. I started feeling really weak. I had ordered dinner, um, food for me and my mom to eat. I felt so sick I couldn't eat anything. I felt so bad I couldn't eat anything. Oh, excuse me. Anything. Um, that was the longest yarn. <laughs> that was the longest yarn in history, y'all. I swear. <laughs> the Guinness Book of World Records was the longest yarn. But um, I, could, I couldn't eat. And so I've been, you know, I'd, when I first had my car accident and stuff like that, I dealt with bouts of dizziness and, you know, really dizzy where I, it would cause me to be nauseous where I couldn't drive. I would have to hold my head down and hold my head up, you know, sitting you know, I remember I would sit down in chairs um, 30 minutes long and 30 minutes long, and sometimes it would be 10, 20 minutes, and then I would start feeling dizzy and, you know, feel my body going to one side, and I would start feeling dizzy, and I would try to fight against it. And when I try to fight against it, I would get so nauseous till I would be almost about to throw up. I still get the dizziness and nauseousness and, and the headaches. So I didn't equate all of this to be vertigo, but I remember when I first, when we first moved back home, um, and I moved into the RV with my parents, um, we were, um, I was actually in the bedroom, and every time I laid down, it felt like I was just falling backwards. I had the worst time trying to fall asleep, and most of the time I just stayed up, like, really late until my body just kind of just crashed on its own, um, because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep because it was like I lay down and I feel like I was falling backwards and I would have to sit up out of my sleep because it was like I would jump up like, oh, my God, what's going on? Are we tipping over? And, you know, are we not angered good enough? You know, these are the things that ran across my mind, but not knowing that I was dealing with vertigo. 
However, I still didn't know I was dealing with vertigo until I started applying that, until I applied for disability and ended up having to go to a disability doctor. And the doctor told me, he was like, did you, have you ever been diagnosed with vertigo? I was like, no. So um, this is all new to me. So he didn't really go into the details and the depths of what vertigo is and what vertigo does to you. All I know is, homeboy, listen, tell me something, because I fall. He's like, do you have headaches? I was just, I have headaches all the time, and I fall. So he was like, okay. Um, however, um, in the process of um, having all of this stuff done, I'm finding out the, the, there are some symptoms of vertigo I cannot stand. Like, I have moments where I'm good. And then moments that I'm really bad, like, oh, my God, like, I feel like I'm about to fall over, feel like I'm about to collapse. It is not a good feeling. And this is every single day. It's, like, bad to worse. Like, right now, I'm chill. I'm good. But if I stand up too long, it goes awkward. Um, it used to be when I walked, my back didn't bother. My back was supposed to ease up. But now when I walk, now my back hurts. So it's like, okay, what's going on? It's like everything that once was supposed to be working for me, it started to kind of work against me for some reason. And so I found myself tonight saying, okay, God, whatever you're doing, do it. That is whatever you're doing. So um, I'm still expecting a 100% full recovery. Um, I'm hopeful to everything. Just like I told you with disability, I just want to feel better. I just want to know what's going on so I can feel better. Because um, this is not my normal life. I want my life back. You know how something disrupts your whole life and then you're like, okay, this ain't me. This is not me. Like this ain't this ain't me. No, this ain't it. And so, um, yeah, that is not it. But anyway, um, so in the interest of time, I was thinking today about, um, and I think I'm going go to my office because it's a bit airish out here. Um, I was thinking today about how um, Christianity um, is a dominant religion. And when I say dominant religion, it's a religion that is not only dominant in its, its, its role, but it has a real, Christianity has a, has a, has a way of, or Christians, because um, Christianity would be the religion itself. And so it's not the religion itself. It's the people who practice the religion, which are Christians. Um, and by the way, I am a Christian, so I'm not just talking about Christian um, in a foul way or derogatory way or out of a way that's nonsensical. But it's out of a way of experience and knowledge of the environment. However, um, Christianity is um, it's a religion that tends to, from my experience, Christianity has been notorious for um, telling you what you don't do and what you shouldn't do and how you should do such and such and how you should do this and do that. However, they don't follow their own rules. So case in point. So one of the interesting thing, interesting things about Christianity is, is this. So that everybody has a problem with who sleeps with who and who does what with who. But when we come to the church, the church is allowed to make excuses for our own behavior. Listen, for example... I was laying there in the bed. I actually seen a clip of um, this lady being, I guess, a, I don't know how you would do it for a bishop. I guess she was being ordained a bishop or, um, but from the 
last time I checked, it was supposed to be a desired office and not an appointed office. But anyway, so I, as I was looking at this this service, the first thing came to mind was that um, the bishop is the husband of one wife, and I was like, hmm. That's interesting because if the bishop is the husband of one wife, why is it so popular popular uh, and permissive in the church that we are ordaining women to positions that explicitly say the husband of one wife? And then when you address it, people say, oh, no, it's the anointing is this, the anointing is that. But. Once again, there's Christianity rewriting the context of the word, interchanging it to what they want it to be. The scripture doesn't lie. People do. And so sometimes people get offended when you say certain things about, you know, the decisions or choices that they make and they try to they try to call it God or God sense. But I don't get how and and I've been in in church all my life. I got saved at twelve. Gave my life to Christ at 12. Um, and I have been in leadership for a very long time in church in a great bulk of my life. However, um, I have also, I've also viewed um, some miscarriages of or the abuse of, of some positions in the church. Some stuff I think the church has derelicted their duty in and they've covered it up and one of the things that I'm I'm kind of finding a bit not understanding is is that how can we manipulate the word for others or it's safe to manipulate the word for ch- to fit church people's desires but you can't manipulate the word for world for the world it desires is it because church people are part of a club or help me understand because I I've, I've never understood that how is it that, you know, you have pastors and people in the church that have all exclusive rights to all these different things that technically is written that they're not supposed to be doing? Technically, it's written that they're not supposed to be engaging in. Technically, it's written that they're not supposed to be, you know, taking on these titles and all of these things like this. And so, um, yeah, I am... um. I'm a bit confused and taken aback because when I looked at that video, I was like, well, hold on. If the church let the women be bishops, then why can't the church just leave people alone and let, let everybody be who they want to be? You know, if a woman can be a bishop, if we just outright, and not every church, and let's, don't get me wrong, there are some, some churches that do not and will not ordain a woman as a bishop. Will not confirm a woman as won't They won't even let her in the college of their bishop's club. There are some churches that won't even let a woman be an apostle. Let alone let you wear britches. Yeah, I said britches, I ain't say pants. Won't, won't let you wear britches. Won't let a woman wear britches in their church. You may not even come in the pulpit with her britches on. There are churches that, that will scorn people about earrings in their ear. Earrings, y'all. Earrings. When I tell y'all the stupidity... The ignoramus, the, the the stuff that will drive people away from the church. Let me tell you something. I want to first of all say this. The church has always been, from the foundation, all the way to Jeremiah, it has always been 
the centerfold for a place for there to be a pastor after your own heart. Jeremiah explicitly, you know, God told Jeremiah explicitly, he said, listen, I'm giving you, he said, I'm giving you pastors after your own heart that may feed, feed you, feed my sheep. So the church has always been God's idea for pastors to be there to feed the sheep. Now, what becomes a complex situation is when we start adding the fivefold ministry gifts and making them internal officials when they're external office holders. I'm going to say that again. We keep trying to add people of the fivefold ministry gift capacity to the church um, when they're external office holders. Sure, they play a part in the church, but their job is outside of the four walls. It is the pastor's job to tend to the sheep. It is the pastor's job to ensure that there are teachers and ministers in there to ensure that the sheep get they need. Pastors reach them. Ministers minister. Missionaries go out on mission work. They do mission work and stuff like that. Hospital work and and elders do that and and um, like you like the scripture we're talking about saying they've been sick among you among you. Let them call for the elders. That's what elders go to do, go pray for the sick. You look at deacons. Deacons maintain the functionality of, of church maintenance. Um, you look at the teachers who are Bible study teachers and, and Sunday school teachers. There's a function. There's a functionality of the church. There's there's a government system of the church. Pastors are known to be pastors because their job is to pastor. Their job is to reach reach the people, keep the people, counsel the people. But when you look at the fivefold ministry functions. You know, evangelist means to evangelize. You know, you look at those that are extend, extensions of the church. Uh, evangelists, apostles, prophets. They These are moving body parts. These are not stationary people. They're not consistently in one place or one atmosphere. These people are stationary. So when you look at the church as, as, as what it is, as a structure, um... I'm starting to realize that a whole lot of stuff that we call church really ain't church. It's man-made systems and rules. And as long as we keep making man-made rules in a tabernacle or a temple or an edifice that was designed for God's presence or his spirit, we're never going to get to wherever his spirit desires for us to go. One of the things that is, is disheartening about the churches is this and that is the Bible says, except God builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. The key thing to God building a house is not religion. And you go back to the book of Genesis and we look at Genesis 15. And we look at Genesis 15 and we look at Abraham. Abraham, um, his encounters with God was not about religion, but it was about him and God. It was about him knowing the aspects of God and the nature of God. And and God began to introduce himself to Abraham in certain ways. Did Abraham begin to identify the spirit that God had or, you know, the different types and movements of God's spirit? You know, we often talk about in, in the body of Christ the seven speaking spirits of God, but there's there's many conduits to God's spirit. And it goes beyond the number of seven. Seven speaking spirits of God deals with tabernacle and in and, and the essence of God traveling from tabernacle and the prophetically moving all the way down to revelations to the end times or the time now that we're in um but when you deal with the before mention of 
tabernacle state before the tabernacle is with the people and with men, Moses and Exodus, and the setting of the Levitic offices or the Mosaic priesthood. You have the Abrahamic or the uh, Abrahamic covenant or the Abrahamic anointing. Um, through that, God revealed um, Himself, and just as He did with Moses, it was not religion, but it was it was God Himself who introduced Himself. Is the fact when you go and look at the book of Exodus and you look at the encounter between Moses and God, Moses says to God, he says, then who am I to say sent me? And he says, tell them I am sent you. And when you break up the word or look at the word I am derivatively, I am in essence means I am everything. I am the air you breathe. I am oxygen i am life i am essence i am whatever you need me to be i'm energy i am everywhere so when essentially god was telling abraham tell him i am sent you he was telling him tell him tell them the one who is everywhere but still present in one place that's who i am but in key terms of the context of how we have taken the word of god in and undressed it um, and we have called it dispensational uh, seasons or shifts in time in the church. And this is where we begin to um, choose or decide what is valid and not valid. However, um, the Bible teaches us that the word of God will always um, be here. Man may perish and go away, but he said his word would never return unto him void. And so you have to look at some things and understand it. Uh, and, and I thought about it tonight and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taken aback because as we examine the context of, of the word and the context of certain things, we really don't take the opportunity or that time to really just think about it. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. That scripture said he was the bishop of what? Like, what? What is she doing now? We don't ask ourselves those questions. It's a um, don't ask, don't tell situation, I guess. However, how much of don't ask, don't tell are we not going to tell? Are we not going to ask? I've understood that, that it's clear that it is okay for us to by um, berate anybody else and judge them and tell them what they should or should not be doing and, and, and attack other people. But God forbid they come and tell us what we should and should not be doing. The whole world falls apart and collapses right before our eyes. Um, I don't know. And when you look at religion and Christianity... Uh, it's it's a manipulative factor. It's befitted to whomever is in control at the moment, I guess. You know, every church is different. Every pastor is different. However, it doesn't change the fact that, that we break our own rules and expect the world to respect us when we are the biggest rule breakers. We can't judge uh, the world for their mistakes when here it is that we make mistakes every single day. 
we don't even obey God's commandments, really. We don't really obey what God is telling us to do, really. We just do what we want to do. That's the sad part about Christianity. The other sad part about Christianity is, is that we, it's about a power grab. You know, the church is always trying to grab power from someone. I'm more anointed than you. I got more members than you. My choir sing better. Let me tell y'all something. If you're considering converting to Christianity, I'm going to tell you now. Convert to God. Convert to God first and let him teach you how to deal with this and navigate through this system. And I've not seen so much just ungodliness before in my life until I really started being intermeshed into Christianity, the life of a leader. Some stuff should not be going on. Um, some stuff should not be going on. But there are some things that we permit. We permit it to take place and we don't say anything about it. I don't know. What are y'all thoughts? Like, it's just like the church. You know, it's okay for the pastor to do what he wants to do, but then pastor don't fall, fail 50 times, got 60 children running around in the church from, from, from 60 different women. But we'll put the women out and keep the pastor. The women aren't the flawed situation. It's the pastor that's the flawed machine. Think about it. The people that we put out actually need our help. Pastor needs a counselor in a pastor. All right? So think about it. Y'all help me understand. Then don't don't say me no hate mail, but I'm trying to figure it out. Okay. Why is it okay that the church to embrace and say all this is wrong? But then it's okay to disobey this one scripture. Which clearly tells you there's an order for some things. Which was set in place by Apostle Paul, but an apostle in the Lord's church set these things in place. An apostle in the Lord's church. Meaning God's servant, God's man servant, set these things in place. Think about it. Think about it. Alright guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Synergy. It's supposed to be turned down with outcomes into positive energy. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful week. Um, but think about some things. Because um, Christianity is, is, is bullying some people. And I tell anybody, like I said tonight, in leadership class, the Lord never wants you to be so caught up in religion that you forget about Him. Forget religion and find God. If I can give you any advice... Forget religion and find God. We can help you with religion later. But find him first. Find God. Find the Lord. Alright? Alright, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Synergy, the place we turn negative outcomes into positive energy. I want you guys to have a wonderful day. Be safe. Listen, it's getting cold out here in some areas. Snow coming in some areas. Listen, put you guys boots and things on and you know, be prepared for this harsh weather. Be prepared for the harsh weather. All right? And love on somebody. Check on your loved ones, guys. It's coming to holiday season. There's a lot of people lost some family members during the COVID. And so it's going to be new and different for them. This is our first holiday season without my stepdad. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult. But you guys, listen, check on people. You don't never, you never know what someone's going through. But when the church, y'all, remember... 
If you're in a church and they make up their own rules and it ain't what the Bible say, leave. All right, y'all. Good night. Hey, my affirmation and babies. Listen, so if you have your book, if you have your affirmation and intentions journal, grab it real quickly. I have not forgotten about you. Grab it real quickly. We're almost, guys, those of you that's been following along, we were late in the season starting. I did drop some on the floor. But um, we were late in the season starting. But if you have your journals, very quickly do something with me very very quickly um i want you to i want you to go to your first day not your first day but i want you to go to um go to your focus and um what did you write in your focus for the week and um what is your focus for the week what is your focus for the week and when you go to your focus in your journal, I want you to understand what an affirmation is. So this is the affirmation that we're going to do. We're going to take one of the sample affirmations out of the book. Um, and we're going to quote one of those sample affirmations. So if you don't have the journal, guys, there are sample affirmations in my journal um, that teach you how to write affirmations. There are also... Um, affirmation scriptures and all of that stuff for you but we're going to do a separate affirmation these are separate affirmations i've written all right so take a deep breath in clear your mind clear your thoughts into your nose out through your mouth deep breath into your nose clear your stomach aware hold it out through your mouth inhale See the weight lifting off of you. See all the trouble lifting away. See everything that is and was distractions here. The magic butterflies just flying all the trouble. Affirmation. And just repeat after me as you hear me read it. Just repeat after me. I'm coming out of every challenge and struggle every struggle over me via in via past present or future i free myself from past and present verbal prison sentences i renounce all negative words that emulate out of the mouths of those who are individuals of authority i think about those parents teachers mothers law enforcement whoever's in authority that has spoken down to you renounce it or those who sit as an influence over my life, elders, parents, leaders, and church leaders. I am not only free to walk into the life I was born to, but as I walk, words that I may have forgotten that were spoken on my life to hinder me, curse me, or bind me will fall off. If you believe these words, and you struggle with your emotions and struggle with your life or you struggle with the fact of someone speaking down to you I want you to take an opportunity to quote these words over your life speak them daily 
renowned to what people have spoken of your life. You don't have to be. You don't have to be what people said you were. You are who you want to be. Paint the life you want and then live it. You're the artist of the canvas. Remember, God gave us free will. Choose you. Enjoy the rest of your day. I love you guys.